Ready? Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Testing Peers. Today, we are going to talk about testing market trends. We are joined today by Chris. Hello. David. Hello. And Beth. Hello, I'm back. (laughs) Don't keep me away. We are delighted that Saffron QA continued to sponsor the podcast. Saffron QA is a specialist in testing recruitment, offering permanent contracts and a newly developed retained recruitment service. More details can be found in the show notes, or please reach out to Ben directly to find out more. Mr. Banter is here as always. Chris, over to you. Bit of banter here for you to start with, by the way. We're talking about testing trends in terms of testing market for jobs or testing trends in terms of other things? Markets for jobs, that's right. Markets for jobs. Let's see where the discussion takes us. Okay, well, so I was thinking about how various markets that we think are going to stick with us forever disappear. And I was specifically thinking about the world of Blockbuster. Do you remember them? Used to go on a Friday night, go down Blockbuster, pick out your film, and you'd choose it and stuff. And then you'd always return it late and get a fine every time. All those things. But, you know, I never really thought online streaming was going to just take over and kill that kind of market. I just, I I mean, clearly Blockbuster didn't either. But if you've got any ideas of other things that you you sort of thought would just always be around, and then they they just sort of cease to be, maybe because they didn't keep up or whatever. So I get um, very nostalgic about confectionery (laughs) and chocolate bars and things that were uh, once very, well, popular in, in our household, that are now long gone. So I, I know this year they're, they're taking the bounty out of um, celebrations, which has been contentious to say to say the least. My my mother is not happy about removal of bounties. But yeah, I remember a chocolate bar called Fuse that had like it was great, Cadbury's Fuse, right? It was it was awesome. And uh, yeah, that's when that died a death. That made me very sad because I thought it would be around forever. Yeah, confectionery. On the confectionery side, I'm waiting for the Cadbury's Caramilk to no longer be in stores. I literally, I love it. And I keep thinking I need to hoard it because it's going to go out of the shop eventually. Yeah, I, I was actually thinking, I remember going down to Woolworths every weekend and looking at the CDs, buying CDs and thinking CDs would be my life forever. Always trying to find CDs, not having the ability to listen to them before I bought them, etc. all that stuff. You know, you look at a CD now and you think, wow, I used to carry those around with me in my rucksack and put different ones in my CD player. And yeah, very bizarre. Well, for me, I mean, you've all come up with excellent suggestions. The thing that uh, Chris mentioned about Blockbuster that was very short-lived after that was Love Film, where you had to send away for DVDs and and actually, again, wait. You, it wasn't even instantaneous. You had to plan ahead. And, you know, you bought a subscription for two DVDs, you know, a week or something. And, and then, then they'd tell you that actually it wasn't available. So you were really disappointed. But anyway, apart from that, I, I also thought food-related Pop-Tarts, they were a big thing in the 80s. They disappeared. And I've course, got some in my cupboard right now. Have you? They are, they I, know, are still I know they're still available, but they're not as popular. You know, it's the burning of the tongue that people remember. But actually, from my childhood, thinking about things that is the telephone box or public telephones. When I was a student, I and I've had this conversation with other people, is that it was a weekly phone call to your parents. You had to queue up with your 50Ps or ask them to ring back and hope that no one else was ringing back at the same time. And you'd wait in line. And, and now it, we're instantaneous. We have the ability to, to communicate in so many different ways. And actually, it's unusual now to have a telephone box that actually is a telephone box on the high street. And yet it was such a popular thing at the time. 
I'd, I'd add one more short thing there that's a very, very recent thing, and that is the demise of software testing Twitter, that I cannot believe how quickly that has, and maybe it's just a temporary thing and, and people will come back to it, but I've been genuinely shocked at how fast that has gone from 100 to, to pretty much zero. Has anyone else found that? I'm being stubborn and sticking with it, and there's a few of us still still on there, but yeah, I... <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of people have gone, though. A lot of people have gone, but my, my biggest concern, and I think I mentioned this in another episode, the new home of testing social media is Mastodon, if that's the case. I can't get my head around it. It's too it's too dispersed. It's too disconnected. You can only find people on your server, et cetera, et cetera. And the conversation is pure testing, whereas my Twitter feed, testing's one-fifth of all the conversations going on, and I still have those other four-fifths that I want to keep in touch with. So and and like the football community, that's not going to Mastodon. That's staying on Twitter because Twitter's where it is. And the same with some of the other things. So yeah, I I'm always disappointed that the testing Twitter seems to be the first one that's jumped in my sphere anyway. There's, yeah. there's good there's good reasons. I know I know there's good reasons. We don't want to go too far, so we'll use this as our segue point to move into the testing QA market. Now I tried to raise earlier, but are we do we want to dive in about the job market first? Well, I think Beth mm. suggested this topic. So maybe Beth's got an overall problem statement an she wishes Beth. to talk about. I did. I did. Um, and it's obviously something that as someone that's in the reasonably unique position of being able to talk about the fact that they are actively looking for a new job because I'm on a, a career break. So I have no bosses to disappoint or anyone to be surreptitiously going around. There is definitely, I feel... Things in the last couple of months have changed, have shifted in the, in the broader kind of software testing market. And, and that's what I really wanted to, to kind of talk about and get some other opinions on, really. So I guess we've got the, the context. We've all known the last couple of weeks have seen that fang and kind of crypto bubbles starting to burst. A lot of tech jobs don't seem to be faring too well. Large scale job cuts there. We've also got, particularly in the UK, but, but I guess more globally as well, we've got the, the whole cost of living crisis. We've got people, some people I know in tech, genuinely worried about paying the bills for the really the first time in their, in their careers. It's, it's a thing when it wasn't a thing before. And of course, you've got the prospect of a global kind of quite prolonged recession that we're going into. And I just wonder, really, I'm sure someone else has, has coined this phrase, but I've yet to hear it. If we're moving from the great resignation that we've all been hearing about and moving to becoming a great resigned nation. So being resigned to something in terms of definition is having accepted something unpleasant that you can't do anything about. And I wonder if that's the move that, that a lot of people are kind of becoming more accepting of, of things not being great and kind of staying put and, and whether that's the trend we'll see in the coming kind of months. So would anyone like to talk about that? I would agree with what you're saying to some point, but I also think we're in a place where people are willing to move as soon as things don't hit their, you know, as soon as it turns nasty or, or turns unpleasant. I think there's a lot more encouraged due to well-being, mental health, et cetera, that people are moving jobs a lot more quickly. And as someone that's hiring, I'm less and less focused on, oh, they've only been in a job three months rather than being in a job for oh they must have been in the last job for three years before they before we can consider you know extreme example but I'm less focused on oh they've only been in the last job three months because that's a topic for conversation to find out more about it so I do think 
you're right. There is certain a portion of people that are willing to stay put through the hard times. I myself did this over the last couple of years compared to people that as soon as things get difficult, they want to jump. And I think more people are doing that. I think there's an interesting thing here as to, to why people are jumping. Sometimes when people do move, they can inflate their salary expectations. So if people are going through a tough time, then actually it's quite an easy way to potentially get a five to £10,000 increase, or perhaps even more, by just jumping ship. However, I also think, see it from the company side of view, that they want to try and control their costs as much as anything. So therefore, they'll be a bit reticent into actually giving people the salary unless they really hit the brief uh, in that respect. Also, again, the sort of, are people resigned? I agree that people might just cope with what we're doing. The grass might not be greener on the other side. I might not be letting myself in for anything else. Let's just shore up the defences and I can control what I'm able to do and I can keep my head down and I know what I'm bringing in each month. And so therefore I can sort of control the cost. So I think there are there are two different things as to why people are being disgruntled. But I think that there is a change in that mindset of, People are doing it for different reasons. I think it's much more monetary terms rather than trying to gain more for their career. There's an interesting point as well that because some strange things happened two and a half years ago, a lot of people are very much more set up and able to work from home these days. And that changes the market with which people are looking for work. And a lot of employers conversely because i moved around the midlands a lot in the past to be within a commutable distance to an office we would sort of have to discuss whether relocation was worthwhile or whether i'd do a long drive and it was very much all centered around the office and that was where i was going to be spending my time and when we moved house last year into county of wales that has no city there are a few of them but we moved into one and where there aren't these big hubs right on your doorstep, one of those considerations no longer mattered in to the same degree because employers don't need their staff always to be in the office. And so that was a, that was a nice change, but it, it means that a lot of people have moved further away and are no longer restricted geographically by, by where they are. They, we are in a globalized market, which is both great and bad because the competition is higher for jobs great for employers by the way because they can spread the net so much more widely i'm sure simon's loving the number of people applying to work with him at the moment but it's interesting because it's challenged company culture and that means when you you'll be talking to companies i guess you're going to be saying well what is the company culture how does that work how is that now sold because you can no longer tell me that the best thing about working at your company is that you have free food delivered or pool tables and things like that it's quite an interesting twist because it can't all be about money. Money is important, but incentives and, and talking about mental health and stuff are really interesting sort of addendums to, to job specs and stuff now. That's a really interesting point. Do you think the advancement of remote working has meant that the bar has been raised in terms of what companies are kind of now looking for? So some of the things that I've really noticed, for example, is um, particularly in Yorkshire, it's kind of the rise of the consultancy, lots, lots more consultancies than there were even a few years ago. And there's really fewer options for people who don't have technical skills, more of the, the leaning towards working in a modern culture, DevOps, automation, all of that. Those options to get a role without that do seem to be diminishing somewhat, although not, not completely. 
and also kind of academies, the rise of of growing people in house and that that wanting to be, whether that's for the culture that you want to grow or whether that's cost saving or being unable to find the right applicants, academies seem to really be on the up. Is that something anyone else has has noticed as well? Do you think that skills bar is kind of the the tide is rising because there is that much more competition now? I think in my experience at the moment, I'm finding that you're right, the academies are definitely growing and they're getting a lot of, you know, you're getting more focused people on the base of that because they're working through. But certainly from companies like ours, we still, you know, we, we hope we get the best candidates direct. And the struggle is that it's very difficult to find those skilled candidates. So I think academies are great, but there needs to be more drive towards the academies to use them. And at the moment, it, there still seems to be this thing of, oh, well, if we can't get it direct, then we'll have to go offshore and use. It's a, it's a chicken and egg thing, I guess, it is. isn't it? Because yeah. I was I remember talking to somebody last year and they complained that lots of consultancies worked in a particular way of working, but they had to pursue them because of OPEX and CAPEX sort of differences for, for them. And they just complained and just said, oh, but they only work in this particular way. They won't fit into these changes and these bits and bobs and I, I sort of suggested that maybe like a lot of these consultancies that they were talking about are offering a product that is actually there's a demand for it there's like a there's a they're purely providing a service that has been asked for by a lot of places and while we often talk about the future change working in agile devops kind of ways a lot of the real world doesn't operate within those spaces and a lot of companies aren't in a position where they either can or they want to or they are sort of in a space where they've got the skills and expertise to make that shift if that is indeed what they want to do and so you can find yourself getting very frustrated that that change isn't happening or that way that I want to work isn't happening and and these things aren't being offered for me I do see that there can be a little bit of I don't know pretension people sort of think our way is better. That way is wrong. My, I wouldn't touch that. And I, I see more of that as the market is more globalized. There's more people because people can be more picky and more choosy about stuff. But I do think the reaction to that is that people are very much more dismissive as well. And maybe like a lot of job specs are quite boring, let's be honest. But maybe people aren't taking a chance seeing things as an opportunity rather than you know people want their ideal job straight away and I, and I wonder if that globalized market that we've seen has changed how both companies recruiting for that unicorn or whatever but also testers looking for that dream job and salary and all that lovely stuff oh do you think there's more of a market for testers to negotiate the role that they want can we sort of say this this is my ideal role can you deliver it for me or do you think it is more the company, you will do it this way, and this is the, or the only thing that we're looking for? I think that depends on how testing is perceived within said company. I think there's still a lot of places where, you know, unfortunately, testing is not given or quality engineering or whatever it's called is not given the place at the table that it deserves. So therefore, someone going in and going, I want to be an exploratory tester, and they go, oh, no, all we do is automation. Is just, you know, unless you've got someone that has a defined department and testing is considered as equal to the others then it's very difficult for a tester to walk in and go well actually you say you want this but I think I can deliver this instead which will be more value to you I think yeah you need someone that's 
driving a department that is open to change and open to things moving in different directions. But actually, if you're that sort of tester that wants to drive change that and the company is not willing to change, then that, actually that's not the company for you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I mean, anecdotally, I have heard of testers that are bedded into a team and senior management are now coming and, and sort of wholesale saying, we don't want testers anymore. We think testers aren't adding value. We want to make them all, I don't know, people managers or technical leads that doesn't mention testing anywhere. We want to absorb them into the into engineering in its entirety and forget about testing as a as a thing and that I wonder if that's just a a one-off anecdotal thing or if that's something that we will start to see as as companies maybe contract a little more if if that's a trend that will continue but I, I would say in answer to your question David this is where I think the value of that hidden jobs market really comes to the fore so as someone that has tried to kind of put themselves out there and, and do things that aren't always comfortable or stress-free like public speaking and talking about stuff openly I am finding a lot more companies who are contacting me rather than me contacting them and they are saying almost saying write your own job description or we can make this job work what do you like about I've been asked several times what do you like about this job description that I've written for you and that's a result of you almost putting in that visibility work to not just be seen as yet another tester that's just applying to this job so that would be my if I could give some advice to anybody um, and I'd love to know any advice that that you guys have for for people who are maybe thinking about switching jobs in 2023 with this changing market I would definitely advise putting that effort into into your kind of reputation and, and visibility it sounds pithy and cheesy and like it's not worth the effort but my personal experience is that it, it hugely makes a difference. Sounds like you should be talking about reputation audit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go go back on Ministry of Testing and watch my first ever test bash talk. I think you're I think you're right, Beth. I think uh, there's definitely from both perspectives, I think putting yourself out there and doing a little bit of legwork yourself to make a name for yourself enough that others will think, well, I need to solve a problem here oh, Simon would be a great person to fit that, or Beth would be, I know I know people, is a great way. And it makes it really good for the hiring company to be able to, from my side of the fence, be able to go, well, I need this problem solved. And I know these people because I can see from the output they have that they would be worth talking to. And absolutely, the hiring manager doesn't always know exactly what they want from a job spec. So getting the right person in the room to then be able to fill that out further, and actually it becomes more of a, would you be the right culture ad David, to the organisation rather than, oh, I've got a role to fill. It's the greatest hits. You're, you're right, but I think a lot of people do have these cultural conversations to, to your point where often they go, I think you'd be great in this company. Not that role, but maybe we can create those things. But it's it's to to your point, I think, Beth, it's, so it's, it's about having the bravery, the confidence to put yourself out there, to be seen, to be heard. It's, it's not easy to blow your own trumpet sometimes like you're, you're I don't think we're all just going around saying I am awesome I'm tremendous you're gonna need a bit of me in your life it's it's not very easy to sort of to do those things and so it it's it's tricky but I guess by being participant in something that's a, a community hopefully not tied explicitly to twi- Twitter that you can be seen but I guess 
to the point of, of those who have been hiring recently, where do you look? Where do you find people? Because, you know, do you just go to LinkedIn or, or, or is there other stuff, other places where people might be? Can I make one suggestion to not just look for the word quality engineers? Because Agreed. I've, I've tried to put this in, <sighs> in a filter and it brings back a lot of people in kind of manufacturing roles. And I think quality engineering is a thing outside of of software isn't it have you found yeah so 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 is qa and uh, all these other things yeah i'm experiencing that at the moment with some of the candidates for the roles i've got open uh, they've obviously seen quality engineering manager and thought oh well that's a i've had people that work on railways and manufacturing they're and not really the job spec though well that's the thing i mean straight away they're not reading it are they they're seeing the job title and applying as beth mentioned i work on building that network so i i use the community slack channels and other things as well to to nudge people that I think might be worth looking. I will do a lot of advertising myself on things like LinkedIn, write my own posts that I then share and get others from my team to share around as well that give a, not just a job spec, but give a more sort of personal description of what I think is needed within the team and and do it that way and use the social channels as much as possible. I don't tend to use any other job boards really, to be honest. I, I LinkedIn and and social media and, and Slack channels is my main focus. Do you worry that that becomes a bit exclusive if it's only the places that you are? I'm just thinking as a recruiter, is, well, it, is it quite hard sometimes? The roles are still advertised on other sites, but me personally, I only have so much to go around that I can share stuff and I know people that I can reach out to. But you're right, there are other channels that could be used in other areas. But LinkedIn is, is quite a vast collection of, of people. It's served me well so far. But what advice would you give to someone who, you know, is planning in 2023 in order to try and get a new job and hasn't yet actually started advertising themselves? We've discussed initially, you know, the demise of Twitter in that, you know, community space. So what advice would we give these people to go, you know, how are you going to market yourself in a short space of time if they're thinking of changing their career? There's um, contributing to things that are public be that open source projects crowdsource testing there's there's having a portfolio there's blogging coming on podcasts there's speaking participating in things networking with with people and letting people know that you're about and those sorts of things and i quite like the concept of sort of building in public it's not possible for a lot of people beth's beth's modeling these things really well sort of coming out and saying like I'm available for these sorts of things and that's that's really lovely and, and that's not possible for everyone so for those those folks who are covert among us there is a, a, a sense of trust and risk associated with, with with doing these things and I think really the, the sort of act of contributing in those things is, is quite important one thing I would add is if you do do anything like that, do make sure you put it onto your CV. Do advertise it so that actually the, the hiring manager has that too. If you're proud of what you're doing, if you're active on Twitter or whatever, uh, then make sure that that is visible to the actual hiring manager because then it's a topic of conversation that they can talk about in their interview or they have evidence of of what you're actually doing beforehand. So if you do put the effort into actually doing it, make sure that, that it's visible to the people that matter. Yeah, I, I guess there is one counter argument here is obviously all of us are quite active outside of our job, but there are plenty of very good testers who literally do their job and nothing else. And sometimes it does feel like they are excluded from these new job opportunities because they're not making that effort. And some of those may, may be sort of um, 
introverts that don't don't feel comfortable putting themselves out of that. So how do we as a community then raise their voices as well and get them into a place where they can get some job opportunities? That's a tricky one. Well, some of them might not actually want to to move in the first place. Well, if if they do want to move, for instance, if people that have been career testers, they're really good at what they do. They've always been praised by the companies. They've never had it, you know, never had a bad rating to put it in a, a very crude sense but they've never put themselves out there in the community. There's there's something I, I would suggest doing, and this, this is to anyone who wants to do it, is to write down, do a bit of an introspective kind of look at what you enjoy doing in your day job. What do you want to spend more time doing? Almost like running a personal retrospective on, on, on careers. What do I enjoy doing? What do I want to spend more time doing? Really know what it is that you want to do and that you enjoy doing. Because once you know those things, it's a lot easier to then articulate with other people, even if you're not confident putting yourself out there, because you know you've taken the time to to understand those things. It's easy for you to articulate to other people in whichever medium you're comfortable with the work that you want to do, the stuff that I am good at. I can back it up with with proof here, there, and everywhere internally and stuff, and I can I can do those those things. Um, I think that's really important to have practiced that just like when we practice talking on the podcast about various different topics that maybe have contentious controversial issues the practice of talking about these things and spending a bit of time thinking about them means that when you are talking in an interview or a recruiter type conversation you become clear and decisive in your discussions because you've spent time understanding i'm good at this I can do this. I want to be doing that. And that comes across really well to hiring managers um, because they just appreciate someone going, oh, I don't really know. It's just the same sort of thing. With the thing. <laughs> Whereas, you know, if you've done those things, you've been able to write them down, you can really project what you want to do, which is what people want to hear. And I think that's a perfect time to finish off the podcast. So thank you very much for a very enlightening discussion. As always, we went off on a trajectory that potentially when we first thought of uh, wasn't actually how we ended up but that's always the nice thing about this podcast is that um, we always have a valid discussion based on the topic so thank you very much for joining us thank you very much for simon chris and of course beth stepping in at the last minute to help us out on this recording i hope you enjoyed it and thank you again for saffron qa please reach out to us on the normal channels so that's linkedin we are still on twitter instagram facebook you can also support us on patreon and all these things please look for testing peers and you'll find us there if you are looking for a new job in the new year or even now then good luck with that i hope this has been a bit helpful in helping you move forward thank you very much for listening and we'll welcome you back in a couple of weeks time for now it's goodbye from the testing peers Goodbye. Goodbye.